Now let us stand up for the reading of the word. We shall read from Romans chapter 10. From verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Abalumi sula ya kumi okuva kulunyolomunana, na yebu girabutia, nchechigambo, chidi kumpi nawe, mukamwako, nemu mutimagu, chechigambe choku kiriza chetubulida, kubanga boyatula yesu, nga yemukama, nakamwako, no kiriza mumutimagu ntikatonda ya muzukiza mubafu, olido koka. Kubango muntu akiriza na mutimagwe okwe wobutu kirivu, era yatula nakamwake okulokoka. Kubange biawandi kwa vyo giranti, buliamu kiriza, tali kwa siwansonyi. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Kama gato mkisa kusama kwe chigamoche. You may be seated. Tuleko. So I want us this morning. Njagare nchalero. To share around what we have read. Tugabane kwe chuche tusomye. And I will call this topic. The word is near you. Amen. Where we read Romans chapter 8, chapter 10, verse 8, says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Amen. Amina. The word is near you. In your mouth. Even in your heart. That is the word of faith. Which we preach. That word is God himself. Because the Bible says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So in other words, that word, which is near you, is God himself. It is Christ. So Christ is near you. He's with you. He's in your mouth. God expects you. When you are confronted with any situation, however terrifying it is, I don't care the magnitude of the situation, he has given you the word. He has given you himself. You are supposed to confess with your mouth. 
Because the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you will be saved. It says, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Amen. Whatever situation that comes your way, the word is near you. God is near you. The word is near you. That greatest weapon is near you. So the word is near you. The Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by everyone that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. We are not meant to live by bread alone. Bread is food. Man shall not live by food Alone. Food is supposed to nourish this body. So that you get strength and you live. But the Bible is telling us we are not meant to live by food alone or bread alone but by everyone that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In other words just like you see, I can give an example. Uh, a phone. A Or any other gadget. Those gadgets are operated by manual books. Just like this phone. Eh? You'll find out that it has a manual book that operates it. If you want to increase the volume of this phone, touch here. If you want your phone, the battery of your phone, to have a long lifespan, especially the one you have, charge it when it has reached 15% and downwards. So that manual is the one that operates your phone. We also have our manufacturer, our creator, the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave us a manual, a manual book, which is the Bible. It is the one we are supposed to live by. It is our guide. The Bible says, precept upon precept. Line upon line. Here a little. And there a little. stammering lips and strange tongues. I'll speak to them. In other words, we are supposed to live by the word. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Here a little. Follow the word. To the dot. 
that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And that word is near you. That word is God himself. This Bible is God in written form. So man was created by God to live by this manual. Somewhere the prophet says, he says, we live by dead things. He made that statement. We live by dead things. A cow has to die for you to live. A bean has to die for you to live. A sugar cane, a mango has to lose its life so that you eat it and live. And he says, Christ, Christ, the word, had to die for you to live spiritually. So we are sustained by Christ. Now, the world that we are in, it is full of trouble. It is full of challenges. It is full of sorrow. It is full of temptations. Because of our enemy, the devil. But the Lord spoke these words. He said, cheer up. I overcame the world. also Overcome. So we are in a world of problems because of our opponent, the devil. We are in a battle. Job spoke these words. He said, man that is born of woman is of a few, day, of, 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 of a few days and they are full of sorrow. And some people say, when a child is born, the first thing that child does is to cry. Just like to say, Oh, I have come to this world. This world of trouble. This world of sickness. This world of fending for myself. I've been just resting. But you know, know, I get food in my mother's room. But now I've come to fending for myself. To press where the breast is. I've come to die. So that is the world that we are in. But Jesus spoke those words. He said, cheer up. I've overcome the world. You will also overcome. I really pity people who don't have Christ. And I wonder how they live. <laughs> because if you are disconnected from your God, then you are living a life of gambling. But thanks be to the Lord that he touched you and you are living by him. 
The Bible says, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. In other words, our faith in what? Our faith in the word. That is what overcomes the world. Our faith in the word. The word is near you. In your mouth. Even in your heart. That if you confess the Lord Jesus. You will be saved. In other words, if you make Jesus the word you are Lord, in any situation, in any condition, if you surrender your life to Christ, as we sing in that song, all to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. That is what salvation means. That is the Christian walk. Pray we don't have any strength of our own. But when you realize that you are weak, that's what salvation means. Salvation means you have failed and you have surrendered to someone who is greater than you. It's just like when you are drowning and then you cry for help. Save me, I'm drowning. And someone comes and helps. In other words, you have realized that you have failed. And when you call for help, someone comes and saves you. You know that that's what we did. We realized we had failed in the world. And we ran for refugee to Christ. And Christ expects you and me to fully surrender to him. All to Jesus I surrender. Surrender to him the word. Lord, I surrender my arrogance. Lord, I surrender these habits. I have failed. I surrender them to you. So when you live that life, then the Lord comes down. And he takes over. David spoke these words. I think in Psalms 27. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid of? Let us read that scripture. He realized that he is in a dark world. And he can't do much on his own. So he surrendered his life to the word to Christ. The Lord is my light 
and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Mukama gwe musana gwange nobuloko ziwa bwange gwenati anga yani. Mukama ge manya gobula mubwange anankanka nyanga yani. Amen. Amina. The Lord is my light. Mukama gwe musana gwange and my salvation. Nobuloko ziwange. Brethren we are walking in this world. Aborugana tutambulira munsino. A dark world. Ensi ekutechi zikiza. So uncertain. Tetegerekeka. But David realized that the Lord is his life. So if he walks by him, then he will be saved. The Lord is the strength of my life. David had made God the strength of his life. So there was no condition that he would get afraid of. The lion could not scare him. The bear could not scare him. The warrior could not scare him. He had made the Lord the strength of his life. He had made the Lord his life. Brother Branham talks of an old man who came to his fellowship. And then after preaching, he surrendered his life to Christ. And then after accepting Christ, it was in the bit dark at night, he approached him. He told him, Brother Branham, now that I have accepted Christ, I have one question. How am I going to uphold myself in this Christian life? I've been having my own lifestyle. But now I feel a conviction that I can't live without Christ. So I've surrendered my life to him. How will I manage? And the prophet asked him, Old man, it is a bit dark now. Where do you come from? Told him I come yonder those years. How will you manage to go back? He told him I came with my lantern. I'm going to light it. And where it casts it's light. That's where I'll put my foot. And slowly by slowly, I will reach home. The prophet said, Glory to God. The word of God is a lamp unto my feet. And it is a light unto my path. So slowly by slowly, if he tells me repent, be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the redemption of your sins and give you the gift of the Holy Ghost. I will do that. Where it casts its light, that's where I my foot. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. 
So slowly by slowly. This journey of this Christian walk. It may look kind of cumbersome to some people. But you know that is a very easy way. Because it's not your own making. Paul said he who started the good work. So the initiator of that of your salvation is the Lord You are just supposed to follow step by step. Step by step. step, by step. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. You just follow step by step. And one day the last step it will be the rapture. So it is not a cumbersome or tedious journey. Because it is not our own making. We are just following the Lord. So David spoke those words. The Lord is my life. And my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The word is near you. This morning. Christ is near you. Whatever condition. Whatever circumstance. The Lord is by your side. That word is in your mouth. Even in your heart. God gave you that word. Believe. He gave you that word to confess in every situation. Jesus Christ is the high priest of our confession. And our prophet tells us whatever you confess he's at the throne interceding for us. Whatever you confess is what he takes. If you confess that you are a failure, then you are a failure. If you confess that you will not go on long in this Christian world, then you will fail. If you confess confess that you are sick, then you will be sick. But let the weak say that I'm strong. Let the poor say that I'm rich. He's the high priest of our confession. So that word is near you. It is in your mouth. Even in your heart. The word of faith which we preach. The word of trust. God has given us his word to trust it. Faith is trust. If you have faith in me, means you trust me. So God has given us his word to trust it. To cling ourselves to it. That is the only thing that can save us. That word is our righteousness. For in a, by our heart, we believe unto righteousness. That's what the Bible says. And with our mouth, we confess unto salvation. In other words, we are supposed to admit 
that you are weak. But that God whom you believe so and so strong. That's why David said the Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I fear? He is your righteousness. He is your life. He is your salvation. He is your strength. He is your everything. But there is no need to fear anything. Amen. Amen. Hear what the prophet says. Eh? In this message of perfection. Somewhere he says. God made this statement. And he said, Be ye holy as your heavenly Father is holy. But people will tell you, nobody can be righteous. But Jesus gave that statement. Which means he expected you to be holy. But what makes you holy? It is not your righteousness. It is God's holiness. It is God's righteousness. When you surrender to him, and you fully surrender meaning it, and you accept that blood. God looks at you as a sinner. But when he sees you through that blood, you are a holy person. You are a saint. You are righteous. So it is only the blood that he looks at. He says here, He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. <laughs> the Holy Spirit shall not come into condemnation but has already passed from death unto life. Do you know that what makes you born, to be born again is not when you receive the Holy Ghost? No. The prophet clarified that very well. When you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, then you are born again. Because he says, Whosoever hears these words and believes on him who sent him has everlasting life. The moment you accept Christ, he gives you a portion of his life. You are born again. And then as you continue believing, then he comes in and seals you. He puts you in service. The Holy Ghost is put us in service. But when you hear those words and believe him who sent him, 
then he gives you everlasting life. That's what he's talking about here. He that hears my words has everlasting life. The Holy Spirit shall not come into condemnation but has passed from death And he says, when the worshiper puts his hands on the head of the dying lamb of Calvary, and confess his sins. God and God recognizes that that to be truthful from his heart. He confesses his sin. Then that suckling life called the Holy Ghost of Jesus Christ turns back into the worshiper and he's purged and he has no more desire of sin for he's led by the spirit of God and not his own life from then on he will make mistakes certainly but that life will hold him amen Amen. In other words, you see how repentance is very, very important. Some people come here and kind of play around with us and, you know, they claim to repent. But not meaning it in their hearts. And when you do that, you are just wasting your time. Because God knows your heart. He knows whether your repentance is genuine So the prophet is telling us, when someone, a worshiper, comes and puts his hands on the dying lamb of Calvary, and he confesses his sins, and God recognizes that confession to be truthful from his heart. He confesses his sins. Then that suckling life called the Holy Ghost of Jesus Christ turns back into the worshiper and he's purged and he takes away that life that he used to Amen? Amen. So Christ is our righteousness. He's our salvation. He's our life. He's our everything. He's our mighty conqueror. The word is near you. Christ is near you. In your mouth. Even in your heart. We are supposed to live by him. We are not supposed to fear any situation. Because God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He wants you to have that awareness of the word. 
presence that is always closed. And the only way we can overcome is by believing that. Believing that finished work of the Lord. Somewhere the prophet said, a Christian does not run from pillar to pillar. In that message of how can I overcome, a Christian should not have an answered question. A Christian should not fret over issues. But he said, a Christian rests. Because it is already done for him on the cross at Calvary. Jesus paid it all. One boy asked the prophet a question. He said, how can I overcome? I have a stubborn spirit. How can I overcome? And the prophet told him, whosoever asked this question, this is how you can overcome such a spirit. He told him, don't rebuke it. And, you know. When you do that, he said it's just like when you are walking, and on your path you come across a rattlesnake. When you tantalize it and you know, it will bite you. He said, but when you avoid it, and you are not scared of it, and you just bypass it, it will do no harm to you. And he told him, now what you are supposed to do, you should take that spirit to the altar. And commit it to the, to the Lord. And then after that, believe that God took it. And it will trouble you. And he told him, that's how we overcome every evil. By faith. The word is near you. In your mouth. Even in your heart. That is the word of faith. You should believe. That Jesus paid for you. He paid for your sins. He paid for your transgression. He paid for your sickness. He has already finished work. Let the devil bring it. Because the devil has to bring it. Satan has to. But confront him with the word. So we overcome the devil by faith in the word. I remember when I had just accepted Christ. Just a few days my friends came and they told me you man you are just wasting time you who loves booze like anything we are just giving you one week you will be back in our 
And indeed, that used to be my habit. It used to trouble me a lot. I could not break away from it. But I remember whenever the urge would come. And I would feel like something would tell me. But now you have accepted me. Now do you want to ashame me? Hey, I would obey that voice. I know I have fully given my life to you. I would hold my peace. And slowly by slowly, that urge went. Up to now, people wonder when you, I give them such testimony. You mean you also, you mean you also That's what God does. Let it be any habit. The Lord, the word, that power of God in the word is more than a book to take away any habit. I remember one day we were sharing with Pastor Kangwa. I think I was with Brother Charles. We were going to Jinja. And he was giving us his testimony. He told us, I used to be a, a chain smoker. He said, I would wake up in the morning before I shower I smoke a cigarette. Then after showering, I smoke another Then after taking breakfast, I would smoke. When I'm at the stage, waiting for a bus to go to work. But then he said, when I gave my life Christ, now that was my problem. How? 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 And he said, I went and I was baptized. In the name of the Lord. And immediately after coming from water, I told God, Lord, I don't want to smoke. Lord, take away this habit. He said, the following day, I woke up and, 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 and not singly. Went to shower. Came and took breakfast. I was at the stage. Hey, I realized my routine has Change. I went to work. The desire was gone. That's what God does. His word has power. To do anything here on earth. It can heal any manner of sickness. It can take away any type of habit. It convicted a man at Gadara. A maniac. And the, 
the, the, the, the, the, the, the demon screamed. What have you to do with us? Jesus of Nazareth. Our time has not yet come. That is the word. He was putting on flesh. And demons quake. That is the word. That's what God has given you. The word is near you. In your mouth. Even in your heart. The word of faith. Which we preach. Hear what the prophet says. This message of the conflict between God and Satan. <coughs> he says in Eden, God knew his enemy and all the attacks of his enemy. Now God is the infinite God. And the infinite God is, is the perfection of the perfections. He knew all things before there ever was. And therefore, if this infinite God could have looked forward and seen the end from the beginning, I knew that he would have children on earth. These own blessed children. Don't you believe that he would provide for them the best that, could, that he could provide? Amen. Thank you, sister. Yes. Because here he says, the congregation says, Amen. Amen. Will not you tonight, to your children, that was helpless, little fellows who can't take care of themselves. They don't know how to struggle and how to work and do Wouldn't you provide the best that you can for those children? And here he says, congregation says, Amen. Because you are a father. You are a parent. And what I would say, the trueness and the thought of earthly parents. In other words, what he means, as an earthly parent, you'd plan for your children. You'd plan for their protection. If you can plan. You a human being. Then what about God? About his children. That infinite God. Who knows the end from the beginning. You see that's what he's talking about. Because what I would say. Parenthood originated in God. Because he was the first parent. 
So God seeing what Satan would be. What Satan would do. He gave to his children. And provided for them the best thing that could be provided for them. Knowing what the enemy's attack would be. God fortified his children. See? We take the war. When a general goes out to meet another general. This general is a real citizen of this nation that is representing. The first, thing, the first thing he studies the enemy's attacks. He knows what he's going to do. How he's going to work because he, he because he kind of went over and spied out. Amen. Amina. Natural battle on natural war. Spy out on others. To know the weapons they have. That's what the prophet is talking about. But then God being infinite. He also knew his opponent. The devil. And he knew the devil would attack his children. And he also planned for them. God knew this great warfare was coming on. Between right and wrong. And he knew what the enemy was going to do. He knew just exactly how to equip his people. So if we notice, the very first thing that God equipped his children was, being infinite, he knowed what it took to defeat certain any time, any place, anywhere, Now he wouldn't say, I'll give them something here. And then a few years later, I may study out something better to give them then after a few years later. After all, he's an infinite God. You see? But God at the beginning, he gave his children the atomic weapon. Because he's the infinite God. Now seeing there was going to be a conflict, and there was going to be a battle, God equipped his children with the right kind of ammunition, right kind of an attack, the right kind of everything that they had need of that would sweep them all the way from Eden to the rapture. What was it? The word. The word. That's what defeats Satan. It is the word. It will defeat him anywhere, any place. 
Now why do we want to substitute something else? When we already got the best that there is. Which is the word. Am I? Amina. God gave us the best. God being an infinite God. He knew this conflict was coming. Between you and the devil. And he protected you. He made a hedge. And he put you there. The hedge of the word. And that word is near you. In the garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were supposed to live by the tree of life. There were two trees. The tree of knowledge of knowing good and evil. And the tree of life. And that tree of life is the Lord Jesus Christ. The word. They were supposed to live by that word. And when they disobeyed the word and took of the other tree, then sin came in. And the Bible says, God had to send a cherubim with a flaming sword to guard that tree of life. Genesis chapter 4. Lest man, Adam and Eve, partake of it, and live forever. Live as sinners. So there was a cherub. Guarding that tree of life. And then God went back on the drawing board. And he started the plan of redemption. And he the word. Came and put on flesh. And died for you. And he restored the, back, the word back to you. Behold, I send you Elijah the Before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. What did Elijah the prophet come to do? To turn the hearts of the children. Back to the faith. Of their Pentecostal fathers. Those Pentecostal fathers, the apostles, they lived by the word. He said, I'm coming to take a church. Without sport, without wrinkle. That is the church of the word. Brother Branham came to take us back to the Bible, to the word. And the message of the hour is nothing else but the Bible. So God has given us the best. And that best is the word. According to God's knowledge and understanding and the only thing that he could give you to equip you is the word. And he's telling us it defeats the devil anytime in a place, anywhere, in any condition, that so that word is near you, it is in your mouth, even in your heart. The word of faith. People 
abantu equip themselves abantu equip themselves with weapons just in case danger comes I have my weapon. I have my stick. If a snake comes in the house, I will pick it. There are some of these people, the Bahiba, cattle keepers. They are very good at using sticks. They are so tactful. He can disarm someone with a panga. And there could be many. But just with his stick, he knows how So people equip themselves. They equip themselves with God. It is believed that our president he keeps his gun by his bedside. He calls it Ruitaba Gomit. It is that one which kills the enemy. Even if it is guarded by troops, but his is always here by his bedside. So people have weapons. But we as believers, God has given us the greatest weapon. The prophet is calling, her, is calling it an atomic bomb. And that is the word. It defeats the enemy. Any place. Any time. Anywhere. One time Brother Branham. Brother Branham was going to pray for somebody who was sick. And he says he was supposed to cross a certain farm. And when he had started crossing. And he reached somewhere. In the middle of the farm. Then he realized there was a mad bull. He started charging. It was a bit far. And he started coming very fast towards him. And he knew that bull had killed many. So he realized now. He turned around to check his. He thought he had moved with his pistol. And in his heart, he prayed, Lord, help me. the animal was coming close. And when he prayed that prayer, he says, The Spirit of God came down. And he felt that spirit of love. God is love. The word is love. It came upon him. And as that bull was approaching him, he loved it. And when that spirit of love came upon him, when it came close, it just it was as if it was knocked. It became powerless. 
and started moving backward. And he spoke to it. He felt he loved it so much. He said, dear animal, I'm very sorry. I'm the one who has trespassed your territory. But I'm going to pray for a child of God. So please, have your peace. And it was defenseless. What happened? The word came down. When he realized the gun could not help him, he called upon the name of the Lord. The word came down and made this animal defenseless. The word is near you. In your mouth, even in your heart, the word of faith. That's what defeats the devil. Anywhere, any place, any time. He talks about a young girl who went praying. And then he was taken in the spirit. She was taken in the spirit. Just like we pray here, you know, midweek fellowship. The spirit overwhelmed by it. She also got overwhelmed. And she found herself praising and groaning. By the time she came back to her senses, time was fast spent. Around 10. Everybody had left. Now she realizes she's alone. She's supposed to go back home. And the prophet says she started moving home. And she was passing through a street. Which was quiet and empty. And all of sudden, a huge man came from the opposite direction. And started approaching. Her. And this man was so scared. And he looked evil. So she started imagining anytime he can rape me or any harm. She thought, if I scream, it was windy. My voice was just drawn in she started praying in her heart. And she says, as the man approached, when she approached a certain house, at the lower step of that house, there was a, a dog, which looked very fierce. As the man was approaching, Almost to reach her. The dog left the doorstep. And came and joined her. And it was just waging its style. But it was between that giant. And the prophet says the dog escorted the giant. As the giant was following. He was moving with her. Side by side. And the man could do nothing. And when she reached the doorstep. Of her house. 
the dog wedged its tail and it went out. Yeah. 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 God respected the prayer of that young girl. No weapon could save her. That moment. But the word was near her. Prayer. Which condition are you fasting? Do you just get perturbed and you become wild and you run to and fro and you put your hands up and scream? The word is near you. Jesus is near you. He said, cast your burdens unto me because I care. He talks about another scenario of a doctor, a Christian doctor. They brought him a case of a child. And this child had swallowed a small whistle. And it was choking that child. It was at the point of death. When they brought the case, he looked at the case and now he started imagining, what do I do? If I take the child to the theater, the child can die. By the time the operation, it can die in the course of the operation. What do I do? And then he remembered. Let me pray about this case. Lord help me. I don't know what to do. Help me in this case. Intervene. And he says immediately after that prayer. The child sneezed or coughed. And the whistle came out. The word, the great physician was very near. Just waiting. This physical doctor this physical doctor he, he was a Christian. But when he looked at his wisdom and understanding it could not help but he remembered there is a great physician. Let me contact him. And the great physician So God has given us that word. It is near you. In your mouth. Even in your heart. The word of faith. What condition are you going through? Are you sick? Are you confused? Do you have a huge debt? The word is near you. Jesus is near you. Take that situation to him. Fast about it. 
Pray about it. Believe his word about it. What does his word say about that Seek the word. The solution is in the word. Because the word is Christ. That is the greatest weapon that God has given you. Amen. 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 The word. And we find Jesus on earth just to prove this was the best equipment when Satan came in hand to hand combat with Jesus the he never just reached over with his power and tied his hands amen Amina. He had all the power. But he didn't reach out. And tie his hands. Amen. Amina. Now. He just took the same weapon that God gave in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> His word. And he said, it is written. It is written. And he punched him right out of the ring. With it. That's right. Because it is God's best. And look where it is. It is not just for one or two in the church. In other words, meaning this word is not for one or two in the church. It's not for pastors only. It's not for trustees only. It's not for one or two in the church. It is for every one of us. Every believer has a right to take this word and fight the enemy anywhere you meet him. Anywhere you meet the enemy. This word is what you have to use. And Jesus proved it. So he equipped his children with the word for their protection against their enemy. In all warfares. Amen. Amen. Jesus with all his power. He was God in flesh. When the enemy attacked him. Three wild attacks. He's very hungry. And he tells him if you are the son of God. The prophet is telling us. He didn't engage him in a hand-to-hand combat. Though he had all the powers. But he overcame him by the word. It is written. It is written. It is written. And he overcame him. Which condition are you going to do this morning? 
You have the greatest report. Are you worried? Are you confused? What does the word say about your condition? The Bible says in Philippians 4, 6 Don't be anxious about anything but in everything through prayer supplication with thanksgiving commit all your requests unto the Lord and the peace of God which surpasses man's understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus don't worry about anything. Don't fret about anything. But in every situation, every condition, in everything, through prayer, with thanksgiving, after praying, thank God, it is done. Through prayer and thanksgiving, commit all your requests to God. And the peace of God, which passes man's understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The prophet talks about a lady who had a sick child. She was a Christian child. You know the whole story. And the child became wild. Went to a wrong company. Got an, an, an STD disease. And he was ailing and dying. And this woman prayed. Prayed. Prayed the whole night. And in the course of the night. She gets a vision. And God tells her, I'm going to send you a prophet. Just like that Shunammite woman who had one child and the child died and Elisha went and delivered her. So I'm also going to send you a prophet. And he showed her in the vision how the prophet would look like. He will come at your gate. He will be like this. And the prophet, Brother Branham, is traveling from somewhere. And when he's in the plain, there is a bad weather. And the cannot proceed. And the pilot is forced to land. At the nearest Airport. And all the passengers are told flight will be next morning at 8 when the weather has cleared. And they are all booked in and they go and rest. And Brother Branham in the morning he takes his breakfast and he had some mails to post. He went to post them in the post office. He said, let me use from 7, the plane is taking off at 8. I, I used it maybe 30 minutes to drop And when he has, after dropping them, something tells him, continue moving ahead. Checks his watch. But he just have a few minutes. 
Continue moving. And he's convinced it is God telling him. Moves and now he's approaching the countryside. And the voice tells him, continue moving. And as he's moving, he reaches a certain house. Which had a gate. And there was an old woman standing there. And she greets him. Good morning, person. He asks her, how did you know I'm a preacher? And she tells him, you see, I have a sick child. I'm just like that Shunammite woman. one child. My child fell sick. He took up the bad company. And now he's dying of suffering. But I prayed throughout the night. And God showed me, sending me Elijah. I came to wait for Elijah here. And when I saw you, and the vision, you just the vision and the prophet enters the house. And he tells a first prayer. The boy is dying. And he, he says, the lady prayed. And it was as if she was talking to a wonderful companion. Someone who is so close, an intimate friend. And after pouring her heart, the prophet spoke a few words. And then he took off. Immediately he reached the plane. A few minutes he took off. God had delayed it for some hours. Because a genuine believer was somewhere praying. She contacted the word which was the only solution near her. And the word gave her the solution. Which situation are you going through? The word is near you. Let us read Second Corinthians. Kusumaba Corinso Echokubidi. Second Corinthians. Corinso Echokubidi. Chapter ten. Sulayakumi. Chapter ten from verse three. Sulayakumi Okvakuni Loksatu. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having in readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. 
Korinsu choku bilisura ya kumi okubakunyu kulokusatu. Kubanga ni wakubadenga tutambulira mubiri. Tetuluana kugobilira anga mubiri. Kubanga ebyo kuruanyisa, ebyo entalo za fe, sivi ya mubiri. Na ebyo amanyi, elika tonda, oloku menye vigo. Nga tumenye mpaka, nabulichintu, echiguru mivu, echikulu echikuru mbazibwa okuruana no kutegira kwa katonda iranga tuje mula bulichirozo okulira kristu iranga tuete seteso okuruwala na egwanga kubuta gonda bwona okugonda bwe kubuta gonda bwona okugonda kwa mwe we kulitukirira we kulitukirira Okay, verse three. We don't war after the flesh. Because the weapons of our warfare are not cannot. But they are mighty through God through the pulling down of strong holds. Though we are in this flesh, our battles are not cannot. Amen. Amen. We as believers, we don't fight carnal battles. We don't exchange blows. The prophet told us when the devil attacked Satan the word, yet he had all the power to engage him in combat. But he won him by the word. So we as believers, our battle is not a fleshly battle. And he's telling us even our weapons of our warfare are not canoe. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Our weapons can bring down great, great strongholds. For us, we fight spiritual battle. We engage the devil in spiritual way. But the weapons that we have are so mighty through God to bring down strongholds. Which stronghold do you have in your life? God has given us weapon. He has given us prayer. It is a great weapon. It can bring down strongholds. He has given you fasting. It is a great, great weapon. It can bring down. He has given you worship and praise. It is a great, great weapon. To bring down strongholds. 
Look at this woman. You have just talked about. She had a terrible problem. She had a stronghold. The sickness of her only child. Who ran wayward and became spoiled. But had to stop a plan. For some hours. A prayer. Had to stop a whole plan. And God had to divert it. So that her problem is addressed. Prayer is a great weapon. Look at a man like Jonah. As you know the whole story. Jonah is thrown in a fish. Rather in the water. And as he's thrown there. The fish swallows him. He's at the bottom of the fish. At the bottom of the sea. And he's a rebellious prophet. He's fallen. He's backslidden. God has sent him somewhere. He has taken the opposite direction. So he had all the symptoms. He's at the point of death. But what happened? What did Jonah do? Did he give up? I have obeyed, disobeyed God. I've been swallowed by a fish. I'm at the bottom of the sea. Now let me give up and die. He didn't. The Bible says, if you want to read Jonah chapter 2, Jonah turned in the belly of the fish. He knelt down and he tried to imagine where the temple of Solomon was. He remembered the word. The word was near him. But he was at the bottom of the sea. In the belly of a fish. A rebellious Jonah. He remembered but the word is near him. Still I can pray. Maybe God can have mercy. He remembered the word. It is written. When Solomon was dedicating the temple. He said whenever you are in problems. Lord when your people are Trouble. And they turn towards this temple and cry unto you. Hear from heaven. Come down and help them. He did not look at the symptoms. He called those symptoms lying vanity. And he called upon the name of the Lord. And after that prayer, God had to make that fish. I believe he made it get a nausea. Started getting feeling kind of sick at the stomach. Got a stomachache. 
started feeling like vomiting. He started running. And the Bible says it ran to the shore. And it vomited Jonah. And Jonah ejected like a bullet. And when the people at the shore, when they saw Jonah coming out, and yet they used to worship that fish. And when he ejected out, he said, and they cried to God. And they repented. never The word is near you. In spite of any condition, any circumstance, Jonah did not look at the conditions. He called them lying. You look towards the temple. In the belly of a fish. And God had mercy. What condition are you going to? The weapons that we have are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Martin, Martin, a messenger Omubaka. of the third church age. Pagamos. Parugamo. He was a man that was mightily used of God. The prophet says, Nabiagamba. one day they tied him on a tree that was leaning on a, on a, on a mountain. And they tied him in a position so that when they cut that tree, it will crush him and he die. And Martin prayed. Martin in Asaba. When they cut the tree, it filled the opposite direction. And he was saved. Now, prayer. Kusaba. The prophet says one day. Nabiagama Rumu. He used to speak words that used to disturb the government of that time. That would convict them and you know. And one day he wanted to see the emperor. Speak to him. And he went. And when he reached his gate, he knocked. And they could not open for him. I believe they, they just, you know what he He said, let me pray. Prayed. The gates opened. And then the, the emperor was seated there. He sent his aid. I want to see him. The emperor told him. Martin prayed in his heart. And the prophet says, God sent fire. It came through the seat of the emperor. And burnt his bowels. And all of a sudden, bring him in. Bring Martin. He spoke to him. The weapons that we have are mighty through God. Pulling down of strongholds. We don't fight carnal 
battles. But God has given us the greatest weapon. The word. That word is near you. In your heart. In your mouth. The word of faith. Paul and Silas are in prison. They are chilling in prison. After being clogged, after being beaten. And at night, I believe the devil made them to feel kind of left out. Now you have been preaching his name. You have been beaten. You are in prison. You are in fetters. And when they were there chilling, the Bible says they praising. We praise him. We just, you know, in fetters. Their hands bound, their feet bound, but they started praising their hands. Still in this condition, let us worship. Let us praise. So in prison, we shall praise praising. And as they were praising, God, the word in heaven, He could not tolerate that. We see His children in fetters, and they are still praising Him. The word came down. And it shook the prison. There was an earthquake. And all of a sudden their chains were off. Fetters fell off. The whole prison shook. All the, 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 the doors were flung open. And the prison ward. When he saw that all the women. He knew now the prisoners have escaped. When he flashed his light. And the Bible says that he wanted to kill himself. With a sword. And Paul told him don't do that. We are all here. And he came and fell at his side. What shall I do. To be saved. He told him repent. And you and your house. Will be saved. The man accepted Christ. The Bible says he took them home. Nursed their woods. Gave them what to eat. The power of the word. It is near you. That word is God himself. We should trust that word. We should meditate upon it. We should be friends of the word. Brethren should love to read the message. Read the message. Read your Bible. Love it. Believe it. Because it's the only thing that can save you. It's the greatest weapon God has given you. Israel at Jericho. God told them praise and worship as you turn around to 
And as you know the story, they were praising, worshiping, the seventh day, the seventh day just shouted, the weapons that we have are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Which stronghold do you have in the world? The word is near you. Amen. Verse 5 he says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Risto Yani, who is Christ? He is the Word. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Anything that exalts itself against the word. Because the word is the knowledge of God. It is the wisdom of God. What situation is trying to exalt itself against the word in your life. You should cast down those imaginations. Throw them aside. Our prophet told us man is a tree on. He has this body which we feed and nourish. But the Bible says that man shall not live by bread. Bread food is supposed to feed this body. But this body is not you. You are made of three parts. The body, the spirit, and the soul. The prophet demonstrated it as a ring. The outward ring as the body. The inner ring as the spirit. The innermost as the soul. And he said this body has inlets or channels the senses seeing, hearing as you know five senses but then in the body there is the spirit and the spirit has channels also five channels imagination conscious Memory, reasoning, you know, and affections. Channels that lead to the spirit. And the soul has also one channel only. It is either faith or doubt. And the prophet says the devil plays around the body, around the spirit. And he makes you either to believe or to in the soul. 
Through the senses, the devil plays around with the senses. They are so good, that's what the prophet says. They are given to us to contact the world. Without eyes, you cannot see. Without hands, you cannot touch. So but the devil plays around. He'll make you to feel the symptoms. You are still feeling feverish. And yet they have prayed for you. Sense of feeling. Don't you see the situation that you are in? You can also see it with your eyes. You still have that wound. It is there. And yet you have been prayed for. You can see. Brother Bram talks of a young, an old, uh, a certain man. Brother Bram, I've remembered. He had a sick child. And his child had a heart problem. And he was dying. And then he sent for the prophet to come and pray for the sick child. The child was in a sick, horrible situation. He was like in an ICU. Intensive care. machines. And when the prophet came, it was a Catholic hospital. And then he asked the nurse, can I go to such and such a room? They directed me that he's a very sick child. The nurse said, what, are you, why, what, are, what have you come to do? I have come to pray for a patient there. She said, no, 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 no. You are a heartless man. I'm the one attending to that child. The child is dying. She's on cardiograph. And it's already reading too. These machines which measure the, the heart, the heart functions. Maybe from 10, now it has dropped. To two, remaining when it reaches one zero, the child dies. He said, no, but I have come to pray. They have called me. He said, no, 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 no. Then the father comes. I'm the one who sent Let him go in and pray. And he told her, for you, you are looking at the cardiograph. But me, I'm looking at the promise. And then the prophet was allowed. Went in, prayed, and indeed, the child was at the verge of death. And then after that, he left. And the prophet says, after some time, after many, many hours, the cardiograph started changing. From two, now to three, four, the other way until the child was healed. So any stronghold, we should not look at the senses. But look at the word. What does the word say about that condition? Casting down 
imaginations. Those senses of the spirit. You start imagining. That's also how so and so died. She was also sick of the same disease. It is the same disease that she died of. It is even the same life. But for you, you are Christian. The other one wasn't a believer. So don't start imagining. Don't start reasoning. The devil overcame Eve by reasoning. Cast down imagination. Reasoning. All those senses of the spirit put them aside. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. Amina. Bringing every condition to the obedience of Christ. To the obedience of the word. What does the word say about your condition? Does it say you are going to die? Does it say this sickness does not get healed? It is COVID. COVID. It has no sickness. COVID. But what does the word say? I'm the Lord God who forgives all your iniquities and who heals all your diseases. Beat cancer. Beat COVID, over COVID to a believer. God heals all. By his stripes you are already healed. So don't start comparing yourself. Just take that word. And believe it. The word is near you. In your mouth. Even in your heart. That if you believe in your heart the Lord Jesus and confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead you will be saved. For with the heart man believes and and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. God wants you to confess him. He's the high priest of our confession. Tell the devil by his stripes I'm already healed. David said I will not die but I will live and testify about the goodness of the Lord. Though he was ailing, no, 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 I'm not going to die. I will live and testify about the goodness of the Lord. The Shunammite woman, when she lost her child, 
And she ran. She looked around. She could not just bury. She, she remembered there was the word. The word gave her that child. Now that child has died. She tells the husband, saddle me and ask quickly. Get me a servant. And they run towards the word. Towards Elisha. And when Elisha saw them coming Elisha so far, he told his servant Gehazi, that one looks like the Shunamite. Go and see what she's saying. Ask her, is all well? Is your husband well? Are you well? Is the child well? And Gehazi ran to her. And the Bible says, when he asked her those questions, is your husband well? Are you well? Is the child well? She said, all is well. Positive confession. Yet the child had died. You read the Bible. Second Kings, I don't know the But it says, she said, Oh, well. And indeed, after that confession, all had to be well. The dead child had to come back. Brother Branham said, Brother Branham Nagamba, confession is to say what it is. Exactly. In other words, Another, it is to speak what it is. Don't look at the situation. But you speak a word for that situation. That word which is near you. I'm so sick. I feel every part of my body. But what does the word say? By his stripes, you were. Not you will be. Not maybe after prayer. But but by his stripes, you were. Confess that. Say what it is. What the word says about your condition. Confess positively. Jesus Christ is the high priest of our confession. So the word is nearer. Somewhere he says, put that word between you and the enemy. In other words, if the enemy is that machine there, and he's confronting you, and you are here, put the word in between. And he says, don't jump it. Put it in between you. That word will fight for you. It will confront the enemy. Believe it. Trust it. It is near you. It is in your heart. Confess it. 
put it in between you Chiteke and the enemy. When Israel was at the Red Sea, and the enemy is approaching. And the Red Sea is facing them. And on both sides there. Mountain. Valley, what does the Bible say? When they were panicking. The word. The angel of the convent. He withdrew. From in front. And he went backwards. He was in between the enemy and the children of Israel. And the pillar of fire, the word, also withdrew came in between them. And it happened that the pillar of cloud was darkness to the Egyptians. And it was light to the children of Israel. That none of them could come. And then the, the word put a solution. Open the Red Sea. And they crossed. Put that word between you and the enemy. Brethren, the word has power. The word is God himself. The word can change any situation. It can change any condition. The most powerful weapon that God has given us. It is God himself. The prophet talks about a certain illiterate man. As I'm finishing. Who used to carry the Bible. Everywhere he goes. And then people would look at him. And just tease him. Mose, why are you carrying the Bible? He called Moses, Mose. We know you are illiterate. You have never gone to school. Why are you carrying that Bible for? He said, but I believe you. He said, but you don't know how to read. Do you really believe it? He said, yes, I believe you. Cover to cover. Whatever is in that, I believe Nchikiriza. because it is the word of God. And then they asked him, what if that word tells you? You mean you believe whatever it tells you? Said, yes, as long as it is written here, if it is God's word, I will believe you. What if the word tells you? To go through that concrete wall. Can you believe that? He said yes. As long as it is God's word. I will believe it. Let me read that quote. As we are closing.
If my colored brethren and sisters here forgive me, forgive me for saying this. They told a little story of him, said he was packing a Bible. And he said, and his, and uh, his name was Mose. They said, Mose, why you pack that Bible? He said, it is the word of God. They said, well, said, do you believe it? He said, yes, sir. I sure do believe it. said, I believe it from cover to cover. And I believe the cover also. Because it is, it is, it's, it's God, Holy Bible wrote on it. They said, how do you know it's a Holy Bible? How do you know it is? He said, I just believe it. That's all. That's all he had to, to have. He just believed it. He didn't know why, but he believed it. Then they said to him, Mose, Mose, do you would you do anything that the Bible said do? <laughs> Mose said, No, sir. He said, Okay. They said, How do you know it is the Holy Bible? How do you know it is? He said, I just believe it. That's all. He didn't know why, but he believed it. They said to him, Mose, do you, would you do anything? Mose That the Bible said, do. He said, yes, sir. He said, if the Bible said so, I would do it. There you are. He said, all right, Mose. He said, now what if that stone fence there, if the Lord told you to jump through that stone fence, would you? How would you jump through the stone fence? He said, does the Bible say for Mose to jump through that stone fence? He said, but what if God would speak to you and tell you to jump through the stone fence? He said, if it was God, and he told me to jump, I would jump. They said, how do you... How how are you going to get through that fence without a hole in it? He said, if it was God, he would put the hole there. When Mose got there, that's right. In other words, it is God's word. And God is instructing me to pass through that concrete wall as long as it is God's word. Before I reach there, God will have already put a hole for me. He will have put a provision for me. What a faith. 
can do anything to back up his word. The prophet said, God would rather leave heaven empty to make sure he fulfills his promises. He can do anything. Do you have that kind of faith? Or you are looking at situation, conditions. Brethren, the word is near you. In your mouth, even in your heart, that word of faith. That if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, you confess him, Lord. No more we sing in that song, He is Lord. He is Lord. He hath risen from the dead. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall He is Lord of every condition. He is Lord of every situation. He is Lord of every circumstance. As long as you give him his position. As Lord. He has risen from the dead for our justification to show us that indeed he has paid it all. He has paid for your disease, wounded for your transgression, bruised for your iniquities, the chastisement of his peace, your peace was, was upon him. By his strength, you are already That is the solid rock that a believer should stand on the word. God bless you. There is no situation, no condition, that is too hard for the Lord. He said, I'm the Lord God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Let us stand up and sing that song. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest friend, but holy. 